your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Do it to it, brother. Welcome to Lutheran Stuff No Drama, the No Drama Podcast. I'm Pastor Hoffman, and with me, as always, of course, is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back, and uh, both of us have been a couple of madmen. You've been super busy, and I've been super busy, and then I got that nasty flu, so this is, February was like a, it was like a dream or even a nightmare, so we're back, and there's, well, before we get going, I have to say, I have to give a shout out to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama group. We uh, we came up on our annual dues for the storage of our um, of our podcasts, and already somebody has stepped up and said I'd like to underwrite it. And we created a, a PayPal account to help cover the costs, and and it's a modest thing, but you know the the No Drama podcast listeners are are wanting to keep this Bush League uh, group alive and and already people have been giving to our PayPal account which by the way is christlutheran.pastor at gmail.com pretty soon it's going to be switched over to our no drama email but for now that works and so if you're ever interested in supporting this ministry uh, then or this podcast ministry and we'll call it a podcast um, then Please be a part of that. So thank you for the people who even today have already given to this. So um, very cool, very cool. Yeah, you guys are awesome, and uh, we we thank and praise God for you. We won't give you a shout out on air, so your father, who sees in secret, can reward you in secret. But uh, we thank and glorify God for your generous donations to uh, keep this thing going, Bush League style. Bush League. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, if, if you're just tuning in, what we do here with the Lutheran Stuff No Drama podcast is we go through a Bible book, and now we're going through Galatians, and we use the um, Lutheran Study Bible outline to sort of outline our shows. And the section we'll be going through today, if you're using your Lutheran Study Bible, um, is going to be chapter 4 of Galatians verse 21 through chapter 5, verse 1. Now, when we get to 5, verse 1, you'll see why it's important we end there and not at the end of, of chapter 4 because 5, 1 really kind of ties it all together. So, moving into that, uh, I'll read it and then uh, Zach and I will start talking about it. So, here we go. Um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 21 begins, Tell me... You who desire to be under the law, do not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now, this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. 
She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Amen. Amen, indeed. So, um, great, great Bible passage. We're all pretty familiar, even if you're new Thurins or everything. We've all grown up and we've read about um, Abram and, and, and uh, Sarah and uh, Sarai, Abram, Sarai, and Hagar. And, there, and Abraham was made a promise, and God's promises are always good. But Sarah, I kind of had some second thoughts and thought, well, I can give this miracle a little push if we just have Abram go and have a baby with our young handmaiden, uh, Hagar. And of course, once you start retrofitting stuff onto God's word, you get problems. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the way Paul opens up here, Paul is a master ninja at rightly distinguishing law and gospel by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So he says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? <laughs> Meaning, there's only one guy ever who kept the law in its entirety. And that guy is the God-man, Jesus Christ, and then he was nailed to a tree on our behalf to trade places with us before God. So, the law, the Old Testament here that Paul's referring to, the law, when he gets into Mount Sinai and stuff, the Old Testament is law and law. The gospel's in between the law and law. It's do this, and I will bless you. The New Testament is shed for the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. It's all grace. It's all gospel. So, he's like, do you really want to go under the law? Because... It didn't work well for those who were always under the law. Well, yeah, it's, um, we always, um, something that one of my professors, uh, his name was Norman Nagel, used to say that we want to love to do a doable law. And we like to think that we are masters of the law because we, we come up with laws we can keep. And then when we don't keep them, we just change them again. So, um, even even some of my Dr. Feuerhein was would talk to us about this and say, all religions are a religion of law, except for Christianity. And um, and so and I think about it, I'm like, you're right. Always trying to ascend 
to the deity, Isla, and here we have Christ comes in. He comes in the flesh and he takes our sins upon himself. He pays our penalty. That is, there is no religion like that. That is, that is Francis Peeper Volume 1. And for all you guys out there who wonder why we're such Peeper-heavy fans, it's because <laughs> of statements like that. Mm-hmm. Where he just nails it, and you're sitting there going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I know, right? That's why I love how um, even Walter says that we walk on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> <laughs> even, even Zach, who's the credible Hulk, is walking on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> but but that's what makes it credible, right? I'm mm-hmm. not inventing anything new here. I'm just listening to those who came before me, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and absolutely you've got you've got a line, and this is what's important. Not that I'm the most creative person in the world, but I have um I'm faithfully communicating that which God has communicated to the others before me so that the ones who come after me will communicate the same message. I mean, it's exactly what the prophet Jeremiah, God tells Jeremiah, this is what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. No longer will the prophet say, what did God say? What did, or, or what did this prophet say? What did that prophet say? But they'll say, what did the Lord say? What has the Lord spoken? Right. So, I'm completely and totally, utterly okay with saying I am not an original theologian. I am I am fine with Bush League. It suits mm-hmm. us. Yep, just keep us out here where, you know, it's uh, good enough to keep going every day, but I'm never going to go pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're pro Bush League, if that counts for anything. That's that's true. We are the JV. <laughs> so, when we look this over here, though, Paul is doing something pretty important as far as... Look at what happens here. Um, there are two babies born. It is not the act of childbirth or anything like that. This is so we don't get focused... Um, it'd be like getting focused on holy water versus the promise of the word of God in the water. So we see here that Abraham, he had a baby with somebody who wasn't the promise. And it, it's nothing against babies. It's just to say that that's not how God said things were going to do. And so um, so the the child of a slave was not promised this inheritance. And so that's just that's how it worked. And his wife, who by all means should not be having babies because she was like 90 years old. Well, uh, that's conventional wisdom says that's too old. <laughs> but uh, God goes, oh, just so you know, I don't run on your conventional wisdom. Yeah, no kidding. I, I'm not a rationalist, in other words, right? No, no, he's not. I have I have two things to comment about this. So, uh, number one would be I think we've all fallen into this trap uh, some some point in our life, and and the problem is is Abraham was not acting from faith. He wasn't holding on to the promise and and waiting on God's time and God's own way, as the small catechism teaches. 
but he, he took things into his own hands, and we've all fallen into this trap, and, you know, Abraham was able to repent, confess, and be forgiven like the rest of us. And then point number two would be, there. this is an excellent text to understand uh, where God says, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Okay, just like Paul is saying this is allegorically, one is flesh, one is spirit. One is faith, one is faithless. Mm -hmm. That's the point being driven home there. It's not this limited atonement junk. It's understanding faith, how scriptures speak of faith. Mm -hmm. Well, that's absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, yes. So uh, we're gonna actually we have a we have some people from the group that are that we're gonna be elaborating on that topic tonight. Um, I even like it. Look what he says to these Galatians, right? People who obviously are not uh, these are not Jerusalem raised kids. Now you brothers, first of all, he calls them brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. You're already winning. He's he's preached the law. He's told us what slavery looks like. And now he's telling them, but you, Galatians, are children of promise. Remember, look, you were born um, from the out of the freedom. But just as that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit so also it is now hey guess what those people are jealous uh but what does the scripture say boom go back to the scriptures cast out the slave woman and her son for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman so brothers we are not children of the slave but of the free woman isn't that great so if we look for our righteousness by the law we should be kicking that out <clears throat> so absolutely and, that, and that's paul's whole point that's what he starts with tell me you who desire to be under the law do you not listen to the law and then he likens the law to a yoke of slavery mm -hmm. because it is it's do these things and i will bless you don't do these things and i will curse you that's law law yeah now the, the ones who got <coughs> it are like are like king david and they're like, yeah, I can't do this, but I know about this uh, Messiah. I know about this guy who you promised. I know about your mercy, God, and the forgiveness of sins that you offer. Let me get some of that action. <laughs> that, that's what David places his faith in. But the rest of them, you know, they end up, what we see is the Pharisees in Scripture. They actually think they're doing it. And Jesus comes along and he's like, no, bro, no. Totally missing the point of all the scriptures here. David got it. Well, and uh, <clears throat> absolutely. Sorry, <clears throat> got a little frog in my throat. Absolutely. And when you come over here, and um, this is this is uh, an important thing because uh, it gets into the law. First of all, um, he says it without saying it because these people. He just mentions Abraham and the slave woman. They know who he's talking about. They know that Sarai said, um, I know God said this, but do this. And he tried to live by the law. And what happened? It bit him right in the backside. They were, it was not what the promise was. It wasn't that 
Hagar in in as a surrogate would give birth and then give the baby to Sarah. No, you got to listen to what God says. You know, did I stutter? No, I didn't stutter. Um, here is here is um, here's Sarah. She's gonna she's gonna give birth. You're gonna have an heir. And Sarah, one of my one of my favorite lines that Jesus says is. Do not think I will accuse you to the Father, but there is one who does accuse you, yeah. and that is Moses, whom you've set your hopes on. So when he's saying <laughs> Moses, that's a reference to the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the law. Sure. And 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 that's what Moses is supposed to do. We're not being un, unfair to Moses. That's what he was supposed to do. If you read the first five books of the Bible... He's crying out, Shema Yisrael, he, listen, here, come here. And he would, he would teach them the law and he would teach them and, and, and um, he, would, he would confess that God is one and here's what he says and you better pay attention, you know, and that's okay because God, as we see, is the ultimate uh, preacher of law and gospel and um and so moses wasn't you know going and by my blood i will redeem you nope it's not how it works it's gonna get messy <laughs> so well and, and yeah here's the problem um it's not that the law is bad it's that the law its main function is to drive you to terror to drive you to the grace and comfort and peace and forgiveness found in Christ. Yeah. It's not that the law is bad, it's that we're bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not going to comfort you. Um it's like being burned on your fingers and you don't you don't go, "Oh, that fire is really comforting. That fire is reminding me I need to stick my hand in some ice water." And uh, the ice water is what's calming, not going, "Oh, my need for ice water is so comforting right now." <laughs> So the law is just going to say, hey, this is hot, and I'm going to burn you. <laughs> and you know what? God is going to continue to use that, and we're going to continue to preach the law. Pastor Hoffman will continue to preach the law from his pulpit because it's, God it's, uses that to convict sinners yeah. to drive them to Christ. And the second we uh, we get comforted by the gospel, we get the, the sacrament, what do we do? The, the old Adam creeps in. Don't take the wheel, right? Don't take the wheel, Adam. And he takes the wheel. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves, well, I can get away with this. It's just a small sin, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then the law needs to come back up and be like, okay, yeah, I totally can't get away with that. Need to go, uh, need to go repent. It was only a small ember of, of molten metal. I can touch that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you come from the place where there's a lot of steel and uh, everything. You know, things like a little piece of molten metal is going to burn you. Um, or if you use one of those arc welders. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, you're... Again, Paul is doing us a huge favor here. Let me teach you about law and gospel. And, and verse 5, and this is why it finishes so strongly. Verse 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't start. Don't start with me on this. You know, don't say, 
Oh, remember Egypt? We had those baskets of bread and meat and... Oh, those were good times. I'm like, uh... They were not even letting you put straw in the bricks anymore. You know, they, the, they came a time when a pharaoh didn't know Joseph. And he started to hate you. And you were living under that. And so when God is rescuing you, you guys looked back under your days of slavery with such nostalgia and and it's ridiculous but yeah what, what was it after moses killed um one of the one of the egyptians for beating one of the hebrews yeah uh pharaoh says okay we're not giving you any more materials you got to collect the materials to make the bricks yeah well, so they had double duty, and then, and then what did they do? Did they blame Pharaoh? No, they turned to Moses. This is your fault, Moses. Are you gonna, are you gonna kill us too? Yeah, way to stick up for us, man, loser. Stop helping. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. The the Jewish people are going. You know, I don't like getting whipped, but I also don't like what's gonna happen if a Jew kills an Egyptian. Oh my goodness. They're like, hey, thanks. I, that frying pan was getting bad. I'm glad you dumped us in the fire. <laughs> oh, just classic. But again, all of these imageries, and, and I know this has been something you've been really studying on, is, is the Old Testament and the righteousness that God keeps reminding them of. Because remember, his law isn't looking to make you a better person. His law is showing you who actually is the good person in this scenario. And it's not me. It's God. God's law is perfect. And, um, and, and so Paul pointing them back to Abraham is the only way to go on this. Well, and someone will say, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Well, what does that mean? It means just that. You are completely free from everything except from the one true God. Yeah. Well, and either way, scriptures say you're a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. Either way, you're a slave. You might as well be a slave to the one who loves you and cares for you. It's like it's like a, a mother with, with a child. I, uh, I, I would say father, but fathers aren't as loving and tender, right? Uh, <laughs> God is more loving and tender than we are, yet more masculine than we are. But um, the, the mother nurtures, loves the child. What did the child do? Absolutely nothing, right? Yeah. Poop, pooped and needed more, more changings and feedings and everything else. And, and all the mother asks in return is that the child acknowledges the mother as his mother, right? Right. This is what God is saying to you also is, I am the Lord your God. I have given you everything. Everything's come from my hand. Acknowledge me. Well, and he'll, he'll do something a mother won't do. He'll send the Holy Spirit to give them faith and to trust in him, whereas a mother doesn't, you know, a mother has the love that she gave and. Because you know there are plenty of there are plenty of kids that are pretty darn ungrateful, and which is also another picture of the Christian church too. But um, you know, so it's God even takes that analogy and then he and he bumps it up a notch. And he said, you know, I know you're not going to trust me, so I send you my spirit, and 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 so when I look at you 
Instead of me seeing you, unfaithful child, I see me. I see my spirit. I see Jesus. So that's definitely the, the route to go on there. And, you know, submitting yourself to the yoke of slavery, well, that's just, that's just looking back on something with uh, rose-colored glasses. We know Israel did it. So definitely. Well, I think this really, I got to say, um, this uh, works so well with the um, question. There's, there's a two-part question, and some of it, you know, is, is something better left up to uh, you know, super, super duper people that want to just spend their whole dissertation on it. But we definitely have some good stuff to bring on this. But let me, let me just call it up here in our, uh, uh, let's see. When we talk about questions and, um, here it is. Okay. There's, it's a two part question and it comes from two different people. And one of them is from Kyra, and one is from Stephanie, and, and I believe these questions go together. Um, do you feel like moving on to some questions now? Yes, and your last point about the spirit is spot on, and, and I love that. Uh, Add it in there. And now we will handle some Bush League-style questions. Yep, well, and uh, again, Kyra... Uh, brings up a theological debate at their house and and her question which is I think uh, fair is is it helpful to refer to someone's faith as weak or strong since it's 100% a gift of the Holy Spirit would it would present or abs uh, would present or absent be a better way to talk about it and um, and that's that's a good question and and she goes into a little bit more of Certainly the, the gift of, of the Holy Spirit is not somehow incomplete. But along with that, um, the, the question of strong and weak versus present or absent, um, Stephanie follows up on it with uh, a question of, uh, and she is a Lutheran, and um, she's wanted to know, her 10-year-old asks, how much faith does a person need for salvation? And this is really the only way to truly answer Kyra's question because, or Kira, I'm, I'm guessing Kyra, I don't, anyway. Um, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. I'm, I'll send you a sticker. Um, is to say that when we talk about weak or strong, we just have to go with St. Paul and we have to go with the writer to Hebrews to understand this because... When, when St. Paul talks about weak faith in Romans 14, he's not talking about less faith. For example, when somebody eats meat and a person, he says, who's weak in the faith only eats vegetables, and you're talking about um, religious-oriented dietary things like this, um, he calls them weak because he, it would be more like saying immature in the faith and, and because somebody who, like when my son was baptized and received the Holy Spirit, he had the same Holy Spirit that I had had for a very long time. And so he was immature in his faith, though. And, um, and so the writer of Hebrews um, talks about uh, feeding you milk versus meat. Um, in other words, to say when a baby is, is younger, when somebody's younger, they, they need milk. And when 
it's not because they're a bad person. It's because that's where they are. And so, um, and when they get older, they, they eat meat, they eat solid food. And, and so it's not to say babies are bad. It, it means to say that throughout our whole life and our whole walk as Christians, we have, we're cared for wherever we are in our life and in our understanding. You're not more, you're not more good or better as a Christian. What you're doing is you're saying in your life, I'm becoming more and more aware of what, what this means. The, the eternal Lutheran question of answering, what does this mean? So you're not more of a Christian. You're actually just uh, more understanding of what it means to say that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Redeemer. Yeah, and to answer the question, how much faith does a person need? Well, like Paul says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, meaning the Lord that was in the Old Testament, that he's Yahweh Elohim, one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And what he's saying is there's, there's not a measure of faith. It's not like we're measuring out faith. God gives each man a number of faith. Right. It's not like we're looking at a cup and it's like, okay, it's a quarter full, it's a half full, it's a three quarters full. That's not how faith works because faith is actually, the, the human will is the thing that is being converted. That is what God is converting in your baptism. He's taking you from flesh, how Paul uses flesh, human nature, sinful man in Adam, and he's giving you a circumcised heart, removing the heart of stone, and he's giving you a heart of faith, and he's forgiving your sins, and putting the Holy Spirit within you, in order to maintain this faith in your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like Mark 6, 16, 16, doesn't say whoever believes at 97% and is baptized, it says whoever believes and is baptized. Um, and so uh, John 3.16, you know, you're not ruined. It's, it's a good way to say whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Well, believes what? Well, it says right there that he sent his son to die for them. So we start seeing a, a confession of faith happening. And so the confession, unlike what the... Uh, the uh, sort of the Pelagians and everything believe, or the semi-Pelagians or the Armenians, is to, for us, we say the confession of faith is this wonderful fruit um, of what God has given us. And for them, they will say, that is the tree. That is the what makes you a Christian. And, and Lutherans say, no, 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 no. It's actually the giving of the Holy Spirit who turns us from unbelief to belief. So, it's actually... Yeah, that, that's right on. I can tell you this much. It's None of us have the faith of a mustard seed. Because Jesus says if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say, I'm out and get up and move. I've tried it. It doesn't work. So, yeah. my faith is not that great. And I'm not, um, I'm not seeing on the news about a mountain being moved. Yeah, I tried. I tried. It doesn't work. So, my faith was not that great. I did try once. I, I'll be honest. Um... It didn't move, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, consider these words that Jesus says to Paul in 2 Corinthians. When Paul is complaining 
about the uh, thorn in his flesh, the messenger of Satan, which is to keep him humble because he was becoming elated from exceeding revelation. Christ's response to Paul was not to remove the thorn in his flesh, but it was, my right. grace is sufficient for you. My power is made great in your weakness. Yeah. So that right there lays to rest that we're always going to be in this weakness on this side of heaven until the f flesh is finally put to death and we're glorified when we move from this life to the next and wait for the resurrection, which is the ultimate end game. Yeah. And, and so when you talk about... Because somebody who is struggling, like the person who drank, I mean, from the person who ate vegetables in Roman 14, we would, the reason why we don't say that absent or present is the, are the, is the only dichotomy is because Paul would look at that guy and say, no, 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 he has faith. He's just immature. So you wouldn't say that his faith was absent. So that's when I think weak or strong comes in. Now, uh, present and absent is very helpful when you say, well, I know God says this, but I, I say this. That shows an absence of faith when, when your word trumps his. Or if you wrestle with that question, God says this, but I think this, I know I'm wrong, I'm wrestling with this. That shows that the Holy Spirit uh, is working in your heart because... You can't receive the things of God apart from the Spirit of God. Well, that's true, too. Um, I was just referring to somebody who, you know, just kind of out and out says, well, I don't care what God says. I do my own thing. Yep. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Mm-hmm. And so, I was just flipping the side of that coin to comfort those who might be wrestling with something just in, in that. But, yeah, we don't want to refer to strong and weak because one day I'll think I'm really strong in my faith, and then, boom, my house burns down. Then what? Am I still that strong? Yeah, well, again, that's why I think we believe that we can can suffer in our faith and struggle in our faith. You know, I think there's better terms. Uh, you know, because I meet people that have been a Christian their whole life, and I mean not like a cafeteria one but ones that are regularly in the word and sacrament and things like that. And some happens and, and they struggle with it. I, again, I wouldn't say their faith became absent. I would say they're struggling. They're old Adam is trying to take the wheel and things like that. So I don't, I don't denounce them as, as false Christians, but I say, you know what, you're, you're having a, you're having a struggle. Your old Adam is trying to tell you not to listen to the Holy Spirit. Well, and we're exhorted so many times. I'll give a few examples. John says to abide in, in the word of Christ. Paul says to Timothy, preach the sacred scriptures with which you're acquainted with since childhood. By doing so, you'll save yourself and your hearers. Um, we're exhorted continually. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, and I in you, for apart from me you can do nothing. We're encouraged as Christians to grow in our faith, and that means... Not, not our faith, but our knowledge, so that our faith can stand firm. That's right. what I mean to say. Sure, and that's, so, that, that's, that's exactly, you mean, that takes us back to the temple? Heck, that even takes us to the burning bush to be in the presence of God, um, to, to hear what he says and things like that. So for the people who are anti-church, you know, 
I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. You know, I mean, that's it's to say that, well, that's all whatever, but you're not going where Christ has promised to meet you. Yeah, and I mean, the I'm spiritual, but not religious, that's kind of a self-refuting argument. They argue against themselves, right? Yeah. Because uh, if you're spiritual, then you're totally religious, dude. Don't be religious <laughs> yourself. You are totally religious. You just made up your own. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's always kind of a dig, a backdoor dig on Christianity, too, because they try to use terminology that, you know, Christians would go, what? And so, you know, it's nothing, has nothing, they're never bashing on Buddhism or anything. <laughs> so, well, it, you know, I, I honestly don't mind it. When they insult me, I don't mind it. They're, they're like, you're religious. I'm like, yeah, so are you. You brush your teeth, you go to bed at the same time, you go to work, you do it again. You're religious, too. Yeah. So, I'm just religious when it comes to heavenly things. Come join me, you know. Let me teach you the ways of God. Sure. Well, and it's, it's again, it's people that just... The law is the law's accusing them, and yet they're trying to hang on to the law to to be a good person, whatever that means. And yeah, that's just so faith in and of itself, you know, uh, to Kyra and Stephanie is to say, you know, it is what it is. It is the saving work of trusting in the saving work of Jesus Christ and it's brought only by the Holy Spirit so weak weak and strong it refers to us not to the Holy Spirit and so or yeah so instead of going is the Holy Spirit like low on juice no 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 it's to say though I a poor miserable sinner uh, often struggle my old Adam again we're going to write that country song one day. Old Adam, take the wheel. Or, Old Adam, let go of the wheel. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't touch my wheel, Adam. Get out of here. The spirit, let, let him have it. Um, and you know what? Let, one more thing we should add is that you should go with conscience on some of these things. So I'll share something that um, if I don't study every day, I do feel convicted by the third commandment. Now, to me, that's a that's a pious thing. That's a pious thing for me, and I've made rules for myself to study because I'll feel guilty if I don't. So I would encourage anybody who's struggling with faith questions and, and milk and meat to defend 15 minutes a day and then a, a few minutes for prayer. Sure. Well, and again, that's, you know, sort of your regimen and, and, um, and it should be always for the purpose of edification. This is what kind of the proper distinction between law and gospel here. Because if you're only in the scriptures going, I'm here to make myself a better person or, you know, or I'm really a super Christian now. No, 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 no. It's to say, I'm in the Word of God because the Word of God is good. And um, it's good for me. It's good for teaching, rebuking, you know, and, uh, and for making one wise unto salvation. So, you know, that's, that's what's so awesome about being in the Word of God is it keeps pointing us to Christ. And you're, you're not going to find the true God apart from His Word. So... 
it, for me, it's like uh, I spend time with my wife. I spend time with my children. I want to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the, the term is kind of ruined from the evangelical world, but I mean it truly in the sense that, you know, I go to his word to spend time with God. That's where he's going to be found. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, and I mean this, you know, hopefully people hear this and, you know, as we approach Lent tomorrow, um, they, they find that um, part of the Lenten journey isn't just sitting around feeling sorry for yourself, but is an actual turning away from our old Adam and being directed or pointed into Christ. That's the whole purpose of Lent. It isn't just to be gloomy. <laughs> it, it is kind of a gothy kind of holiday if you want it to be, but um, the truth is, is it's to take that old Adam and take all these opportunities, as Luther says, to drown him daily. I love it. And you know what? I'm going to take this time to plug something because I know you'll approve. There's a, there's a thing on Facebook. It's the 2019 Lent Read Through the Confessions. Uh, anybody listening, if they want to join this group on Facebook, uh, every year at Lent we have a outline to read the confessions through Lent. And that gives you a Lenten devotion. Um, it's a high pace, but, you know, there's makeup time on the weekends and stuff like that. You do have some, some free days here and there that you can make up. But they also have the audio book of Concord online. So uh, you could jump in that with us, all, all of us who do that every year. And, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of, of learning the word and stuff like that, then the, the Confessions is a great place to go. Absolutely. Um, I will also throw in a plug here, too. I'm actually going to be a part of that group you were just talking about. But um, uh, <laughs> I'm also... It's a great group. I've been doing it for a couple of years. It's a great group. Do the... Um, also, the Higher Things come out with their Lent devotions. I read through them. I didn't write any of them this year, but um, I've been reading through them, and I thought, you know what? This is going to be a helpful thing. It's a free resource. If you're uh, cheap like me and you like free stuff, well, higherthings.org uh, higher has the daily devotions for Lent. Check it out. It's free. Give it away, you know, so also... Here we are plugging other people. Anyway, but um, these are... I love love free stuff, though. So if CPH wants to send me free stuff, I won't complain. You know, I got to tell you one more thing before we call it quits. Carrie Best put together a logo for us. Oh, no. (laughs) I love it so much, I can't stop looking at it. It, It's like this really professional, round Lutheran stuff, no drama no lo- no drama lutherans.podbean.com bush league right and in the middle it has the most uh microsoft paint <laughs> luther rose you've ever seen in your life and i'm like that's totally us it looks awesome but really you can see the bush league from a mile away. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what that's why i take carrie in because he's he's the master behind that computer doing that stuff so so uh, I, had, I, did, I had to give him a, a hat tip on this one because i love it so much it hurts man it's so it is <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta be careful with carrie though sometimes it's like loading a, a a shotgun and it's putting a bullet in the right way and one in backwards and sometimes you can shoot your eye out uh, <laughs> if, if he's in that kind of mood so thanks carrie for not uh 
going the wrong way on that and uh, hooking us up. We appreciate it. Well, I, I've i already... <laughs> I mean, I made one, and it's got some positive stuff back from it. This one, this one looks like it could be on, like, a polo shirt or something. <laughs> but, um... We'll, uh, we'll get back to that. But anyway, we're, we're running out of time here. I just want to say that it is awesome to be back, to have the Bush League back, to have my good friend Zach back. And um, we look forward to uh, to podcasting in 2019. Thank you all for